Hey, 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 you, hey, you, hey, <laughs> listener, how you doing? It's me, Jeff, from Jeff Has Cool Friends, and this is so weird, but you are actually joining me for an episode of Jeff Has Cool Friends. Uh, I'm very proud of you for doing that. Uh, I'm very excited to have a return guest, somebody who was on the other show that I needed to have back on because I know he's got a lot of really cool stuff going on. Uh, fantastic cartoonist, illustrator, artist. I don't know how you prefer to be referred to. All those things sound great. Um, you know what else sounds great? My man, Scott. Ah. Scott, how you doing, bud? <laughs> I'm good. I can't complain at all. Everything's been really great. It's It's been a little while since, yes. uh, first off, uh, I would like to say that this is a um, a huge day for me because it's the day after Batman Day. It's the day after I'm recording this right after I saw Batman. Oh, really? uh, but beyond that, it's actually uh, this is the first in-person recording that I have done since the pandemic started. So two years because it, this yeah. is this is about two years. It right? has been two years. Yeah. Wow. Really? So, so I have not had an in-person podcast appearance in two years. Does it feel or look different? Yes, because we're recording on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not like in a studio. Yeah. 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 Like I'm not like an hour. I'm not an hour away in a studio at a toy factory. That's true. And, you were. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not, you know, sitting on my yoga ball on zoom. This yeah, is, sure. uh, but you were, uh, right nearby and you were like, I, I think I want to like be at you yeah absolutely well i haven't seen you in a while either i missed your birthday we like we completely blew it like we we literally were like it was like four in the afternoon we were like okay we're we're going to jeff's <laughs> jeff's party you know and we were like yeah 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 and then like work stuff happened and it happened and, and then it li literally like at like 10 p.m like we were like i i feel like we've forgotten something yeah, today and uh we blew it like blew it hard too we were like we had it on the calendar. We had discussed it. Like it was a really, yeah. It was a great time too. I'm sure you missed it was. It. Yeah, it was a little pinball. But it was it was a child's birthday party. Is what it, it was. sounded like. It was a lot of fun, honestly. Yeah. And the thing is, is like we've been desperate with the pandemic to actually have life. You know, like things. It, it was where, a really good sweet spot. Yeah. Because it was October. Right. We had, you know, I told everybody, I was like, if you're not vaccinated, don't come to my f party. Yeah, yeah, I don't want yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, there was no Omicron variant or Delta variant at the time. It was right. just Delta like, faded down it's and like then... you were feeling good. So we felt good. We felt safe. Yeah. And it was a blast. We had a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of good people showed up to that. That's and great. You blew it. Yeah, we blew it. I, all the people that we could have met and had been like friends with. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. it's great. Yeah. It's, 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 all, it's all off the table now. It's so funny. Like I like sometimes I forget the connections until like I was there and we had um, my friend Todd Stashwick, uh, who's on. He's an actor. He's in a million things. Yeah. And one of the things he is is um, Black Mask from Gotham. Oh wow. And uh, and I forgot that I do a Batman podcast yeah. where we watch <laughs> Batman. <laughs> it like slipped yeah, my mind. It slipped it, mind. And it was at that party where it was me and my friend and partner Tom Ryman yeah. from Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, and we were talking to Todd, and I was like, "Dude, you should come on the show." <laughs> when we do Gotham and you show up, he's like, oh, absolutely, I will. Yeah, and I was like, cool. oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's stuff like that. that it, yeah. It's that like in-person that we're starting to get back. Well, it's also, it's that's what I always enjoyed about Los Angeles is those weird, you see somebody on your TV and then like you'll be having a drink with that person like a couple days later, which is really like, that doesn't happen 
elsewhere. No, it's know? very rare. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Vancouver. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's true. But it happens here. And even when I was driving over, I saw there was a truck that was sort of blocking the road and it had a couple of cars, like old cars on it. And then I thought, well, if this were anywhere else, old cars on a truck, like wouldn't you wouldn't even blink at it. But I knew that those were being used for some for some filming, some yeah. filming, you know, because it had an old like police car. Of course. Too, yeah, and I yeah. was like, oh, dude, I was at the farmer's market last week. This is, this is so weird. Yeah. And I see a dude and I'm like, I, I know this guy. I've talked to this guy. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. but, you, you know, it's we meet how many people, you know, yeah. you meet so many people all the time. Absolutely. And and I, I never I never feel bad when people forget me because I get it. I've been there. I've been the person who's forgotten. <laughs> and I see this guy and I forget who he is. And I'm like, ah. but we both made eye contact and we did like the cool. And he must have had the same Absolutely. vibe. And it was your dad. It was <laughs> so freaking. No, because this guy like, talked to me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we do like the nod and he's like, hey, man, how you doing? I'm like, ah, oh, pretty good, man. It's good to see you. He's like, good to see you too, man. And then like as in the middle of the conversation, it hits me. Yeah. It's Ike Barinholtz. Okay. And I just recognized him from being Ike Barinholtz. So if, oh. you, if you don't know him, no, you know, he's in, so. he plays the, um, like the skeevy security guard in the beginning of Suicide Squad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, he's like a great comedic actor. He was fantastic in uh, Blockers with John Cena and Leslie Mann. Oh, great. He was like the other, like the dad that was yeah, actually yeah. like a really good dude. And we're both like having this, this thing of like, I know this guy. I don't think I've ever met him in yeah. my life, <laughs> but it's just like in my head, I'm like, oh, because I've seen him in the things yeah. and now I run into him. So it, I'm like, I'm not embarrassed about it because he was in the same position I was in. Yeah. But I was like, you f idiot to myself the whole time. And as I'm leaving, <laughs> I'm leaving the farmer's market and Eli Roth is walking past me. <laughs> And literally in my head, I go, you don't know him. That's just Eli Roth. Like you don't, don't say, don't talk don't, yeah, to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Don't do the same thing. Don't do, don't do the thing that you just did with the other guy. Well, for a little while, I was almost like mauling or killing like some actors. So Philip Seymour Hoffman, mm -hmm. who I have an alibi, but I was driving into this one gas station that I would go into all the time and they were filming something at the the restaurant that was next to it. Mm. He was walking through, sort of ambling through the, the the gas station. He just bought a pack of cigarettes and was like walking through. And I and I and I just That's what he'd be doing if he wasn't famous. Absolutely. Anyway. And I was just flooring it into the gas station and I had to like, you know, screeching tires like stop before I hit him. And I was like, oh boy, I better watch out. And the same thing happened, only this time I was on my feet as opposed to in a car. And I was in the Beverly Hills uh, Whole Foods name dropping. Ooh, I don't wow. know. Yeah, yeah, Where I don't know. <laughs> and, I, and I like came around a corner. I like to shop fast. I don't like to shop slowly. Yeah, you're I, in I like know, supermarket sweep mode. Yeah, I know yeah. that there's three things I got to get and I'm going to get those three things and out of here as that's quickly how, as that's I That's how I like to can. shop I too. Can't, yeah. I can't amble through. Val like, Valerie meanders when she oh, shops it, and no. it drives me crazy. Yeah, there's something about uh, I just can't handle it. Like I'm, I'm. <laughs> she did an episode recently. Yeah. She did another, uh, like a reunion episode of, of this show, and I asked her, like, 
what's like your least favorite things about me. Mm. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, because why not? Why not ruin a relationship? <laughs> you know? And the thing she said, the main thing she was like going shopping with you. Wow. Is a painful chore. Yeah, yeah. And I think she basically was like, you become annoying. And I realize it's because I'm so efficient when I shop. Yeah. And she takes forever. Yeah. That I get so bored so fast that mm. I once I'm completed my goals, I'm just running bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just Be sort of, yeah, yeah. And I find that I'm because I'm so big, like physically large yeah. in these stores that uh, if I'm with Jill, like she's kind of looking for certain things she's not really slow at all but like it's one of those things where she's looking for something specific and i'm just kind of ambling around yeah and just in everybody's way i, I was the like, worst i always feel like i'm walking like that old sasquatch video from the 60s that somebody <laughs> like i always feel like that's me where yeah. it's just i'm I'm always blurry yeah. walking around well i'm always knocking things over yeah. like there's there's not a time that i'm yeah. not like my hands are flailing. Oh, I, but uh, yeah. I, I almost killed uh, I, my, my, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine, yeah. yeah. I came around a corner and, and I mean, I was barreling around the corner and he is an old man. Yes, like, he, he's, he's like, 100 years yeah, old. Like 100 years old and was like, whoo, like, you know, <laughs> like, and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Michael Caine. Like, Sir Michael Caine. <laughs> Sir Michael Caine. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I've almost run over several people. Yeah that when I first moved out here, I was driving in Santa Monica. I almost ran over Deep Roy. <laughs> you know, Deep Roy, like the the little guy, He's he was, yeah. a, he was uh, yeah. the Oompa Loompas in the right. new Char the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He, wow. I remember him more famously, or not famously, but I remember him as being the little top hat guy in the never ending story. Yeah. Uh, almost ran his, his, uh, his over uh he but he was jaywalking in the middle and i was just like in your defense yeah, yeah, yeah i was yeah. like come on deep roy yeah yeah you're a hard target so that happened one time i was driving in the beginning of the pandemic and a runner yeah ran in front of me as i was driving and i started to be like you mother it's dana snyder my friend and <laughs> guest of the show dana snyder i almost ran his yeah. over and so i was like you mother oh hey buddy yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it turned me real quick oh i uh, like this I, I like all the maybe we can do an entire podcast about people we almost run over <laughs> okay last one last one because it's on foot all right i am uh i did you know i was a mommy blogger for a short time i don't know what those words mean together uh you can figure it out you can use your context clues i was you... i wrote for a mommy blog oh, oh okay all right i wrote for modern mom I was oh. their movie reviewer, oh, right. which, you know, it's about time the straight white man got an opportunity to creep into <laughs> to somebody else. In yeah. On, yeah, movie, yeah. yeah. They, they hired me as like the fun uncle kind of guy. You okay, know? that's good. Uh, yeah, you could do that, I'm sure. Yeah, they were like, you know, dad's friend who's cool and, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. takes the kids to PG-13 movies or whatever, you know. <laughs> It's like as, as non-molesty of an uncle you can get, you know. Right. But for this kind of magazine, the guy you kind of want to bone, but won't be able to. <laughs> <laughs> I So I had gone, I had done a few junkets uh, and they were cool. These things were crazy. Like I remember uh, I did a few, like one of them was uh, Mr. Peabody, the DreamWorks. Oh yeah, like, sure. The, great, by the way. Oh, is it? It really? was really good. But it was like a whole symposium where they like brought us around 
And I didn't realize until like way later that we were hanging out with like Jeffrey Katzenberger though, wow. like for like an hour. Oh, that's great. You that, know, now that made you like a millionaire just by standing in the room, I like should an have, average. I should I think have, it averaged out. I should like, have stolen his wallet. <laughs> I should have just mugged the dude on the DreamWorks campus. Yeah. But so I'm at the, um, I'm at the thing for Muppets Most Wanted, the press junket. Oh, great. And, yeah, sure. and it was great. I had already seen the movie and then we get to go in. I interviewed a Muppet that day. All the Which Muppet? Constantine, the world's most dangerous frog. Oh, oh, oh. But yeah, it was it, the it Kermit was, doppelganger. It was the Kermit doppelganger. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got yeah. to interview him. It's surreal. It's so weird. It was it was it the actual voice actor as well? It was the whole the it whole thing. Yeah. Wow. And it's weird because you go in, you meet the actor, you know, yeah, you, yeah, you meet sure. the Muppeteer and you talk to him, but then they like they wake up the Muppet. Yeah. So I'm talking to this dude and all of a sudden it's like, yes, hello. Right. And then you're just looking over at the Muppet. You're no longer looking at the person. At one point in time, it's like if a magician pulls a trick on you and then you confirm with the magician that he did a trick. Yeah. Because I was like talking to the Muppet and and then I'd look at the guy being like, oh yeah, that's right. You're a dude. You're talking to the Muppet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. I had a friend that met the the guy who was uh, Elmo and Elmo is like a six foot seven black dude. And yeah. uh, and um, and she was just came back to report to everybody at Marvel. She also oh, isn't uh, met- that um, Splinter. Kevin Clash, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was yeah. also Splinter in the Ninja Turtles. Movies. Yeah, it, it's really fascinating. And then like she would come back like and tell us about like having met Mark Hamill as well. Anybody who worked at Marvel, like if they went and talked to people, it would turn on them. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it would immediately. Like, Mark Hamill would be like. Oh my God, you work at Marvel. And she would be like, Oh, you're Mark Hamill. Like, but he's yeah, right. like, No, 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 you work at Marvel. You know, like, he's like, Yeah, but I'm 90s really Mark Hamill. It's not the same. <laughs> he wasn't. It was 90s Mark Hamill. 90s yeah. Mark Hamill. It, that was his divot. That was yeah, his, yeah, yeah. that was, he was like, Oh, I'm in the Giver. And you're like, All right, Mark. It Hamill. was, uh, yeah, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like William Shatner when he was doing uh, uh, TJ Hooker. TJ Hooker. Yeah, yeah. There's like a nader to your career, you know, because I, th- I think he kind of popped up again when he was doing um, that law show. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, in Boston Legal. But wasn't TJ Hooker actually like better ratings wise than Star Trek? Like, I think it wasn't a particularly like, yeah, but it's one of those things yeah. where you, as an artist, you can't, you can't know what's going to really like resonate, resonate yeah. and be the thing that, you, and it resonates at different times. Some, something will be yeah. popular at the time, but never stay, you know, like even the only thing I know from TJ Hooker is a joke that my friends and I used to have where, uh, there was someone that said, Schmed, Schmed, stick a dollar down my pants. And like everyone That's would just say that we said that for years. That the only thing I Heather Locklear that was her like was that her lie? That's her like debut, <laughs> oh, wasn't oh, it? Oh. Was T.J. Oh. Hooker? I think no, was it really? I mean, maybe, maybe could have been. I don't know. Someone IDBM. Yeah, I yeah sure IDBM. <laughs> Look it up, everybody. Go to famed website IDBM. And and check that out. Uh, it, yeah, it is funny. Oh, so I was <laughs> I was uh, at the Muppets thing, right? And um, you know they have the, you know the actors. So yeah. you know your Tina Fey is there and Jermaine oh, wow. Clement and, yeah, and yeah. Um, Brett. I, I did love those that that Muppet version that the the two Muppet movies from that time. They're gr- I loved they're fantastic. it. Fantastic. Honestly, like the post Disney Muppets existence, mm-hmm. I actually really like. It's been great. They're yeah. the Muppets, um, the Muppets, the series that was on ABC. That oh was my like god, a, I love that thing with him stuck in the four hundred five traffic. It's and, so good. 
It's so good. It's 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 way better and than it ought to be. Every yeah. time people were complaining because they're like, the Muppets isn't an adult thing. It's like you never saw the Muppet no, show. I never saw that. Yeah, the Muppet show was always it there's was, always jokes for the kids, there's always jokes for the adults. Yeah, like, the Muppets show was a 70s primetime yeah, variety show. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And what I really loved about the that that reboot that you had, now that you mentioned it, because I haven't seen all of it, but I remember the first setup was that uh Kermit and uh, Miss Piggy had like split, split, but he was like dating a younger, like, like a pig. different yeah, pig. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was just like, oh my god, he has a type. Yeah. You know, it just said so much about Kermit that you were just like, oh dear. It, it really <laughs> did modernize yeah. the idea of the Muppets in a really great way. The writing was strong, yeah. and people didn't react well to it, and that infuriated me. Oh, absolutely. That was the same way. I was like, this is a brilliant show. Yeah. I don't understand why nobody else is on board, especially with the property as I understood it. Yeah. But it was like everybody else had a different version. Like they had seen Muppets Take Manhattan, and they were like, that's that's the real Muppets. And yeah. I, You know what I mean? Like, And I was just like, no, the Muppets... The Muppets have always been an adult property that kids have been able to enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm leaving the restroom. Yeah. You know, because I was peeing because I'm a person. Okay. And um, and as I'm leaving, I almost ran over Ricky Gervais. Oh, really? Like I almost plowed through him. Tiny. Wow. The tiniest little man. I didn't know that he was that. uh, Like he was. I I mean, I was. He's got such a big laugh. Yeah, I was probably. You know, I'm what six four. I was probably like yeah. eight or nine inches taller than him. It was like jarring oh, to yeah, see yeah, him yeah. because it's like, oh, I almost killed this tiny man, uh, and then it was like, oh no, I almost killed famed atheist Ricky Gervais. Yeah, I had the same experience with a uh, uh, oh, uh, what is this? Broderick, Matthew Broderick. Oh, he's a little boy too. Yeah, he is so tiny. tiny. I was walking across Houston Street, and uh, and uh, he 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 just breezed past, but he was he's like I didn't he, he didn't even come up to my hips. And I was just like, uh, I really, I walked past and you know how you have the thing that you really want to do afterwards. Yeah. And I wanted to do that. Dun, 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 dun. Like as I walked burp, past, burp, yeah, yeah. this one kid actually did that. Uh, he was quick enough. I had green hair at the time and I walked past him and he said, Oh, oh, oh green That's giant. Perfect. And I was like, Oh. I was like, like I love that. About yeah, that I was roast, like, yeah. yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, that was perfect. Yeah, that that it, it is funny, like living out here because you do see you bump into people. Yeah, then you see people and you're like different than I was expecting, and then you remember, oh yeah, drama nerds aren't the people that were the gifted athletes usually in high school. No, they're so like. Of course, they're generally going to come smaller and more compact because I had always heard that their heads are kind of big and their bodies are small. And that's kind of like what they're looking for as a director. You know, like the director's looking for somebody that's mm-hmm. kind of compact. Yeah, I guess but that with makes a sense, wi- yeah. wide expression on their face or something fair. like that. I don't that's fair. I always just thought of it as being like the unfairness of high school politics, oh. which is, you know, if you're not. If you're trying to survive socially in high school, you would join like a sport, mm-hmm. even if you were hated every second of it, which yeah. was me. You know, I hated playing football every step of the way. Oh, really? I hated it. Okay. I hated it. But I, I was, used to sneak into the football team's weight room because I really got into weights in my late oh, teens. Yeah. And But the coach caught me and kicked me out at some point. All the rest of the guys were into it because here's this nerdy guy like that wants to like, yeah, getting swole. Yeah, but, but, like, but they out, kicked huh? me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird that they would just have that not accessible 
Well, it was like, like a weight room kind of, it was like an exercise room that was, it was like an old barn that they had transferred into uh, that. So it's weird. Where'd you go to high school? I went to Morristown High in, in New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. You know, they just have barns that they convert to, what is that, Rocky Ford? Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it... it uh, Training to beat the Russians I in I lived football, way yeah. out in the woods. So, like, I was about, like, five miles away from the high school, and everything was barns. It was, it was like, there was a lot of horses. It's, I mean, I, I grew up a in a... lot of horse girls. I'm from so. a cow town, yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was just different. It was just further out. There was just a lot of horses. And... I was speaking with somebody uh, who had gone to the school as well because the school had an urban core and everybody went. And a rural base. In a rural base, yeah, yeah. And they had no idea that the, that there were all those horse farms out there. So I, um, yeah, so I grew up, it's funny because I grew up in a very small, you know, population, like 10 to 12,000 yeah, town. Sure. And I grew up in the woods and chopping wood and blah, blah, blah. And then when they, they cleared the woods. My grandfather just sold the land to the school district, to oh, the town, and really? they built the middle school that I then eventually taught at. Oh. So I was teaching in my backyard. Wow. Uh, that's incredible. It's hard to believe. I, well, yeah, I, we were, we were surrounded on all sides by um, what was one of uh, Washington's encampments. Oh. <clears throat> so in 77, 78, he was chased out of there. And then he came back in like 81, 82. And most of the stories were about how the soldiers were eating their boots. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. they were just starving. And, Great times. Uh, not to, yeah, you're not doing too well. Thanks, and guys. I also couldn't figure out, there was woods everywhere, and I could not figure out why you would choose this as the location of your encampment. But it took me years to, re, to figure out, I'd stumbled across this information somewhere, is that it had all been clear-cut at that point, so you could see the, the troops coming. But by the time that the park had been there for like 150 years, all these trees were Yeah, here. they come back, yeah. So it was like when they would do reenactments, uh, you know, the, the British troops would come out of the trees. And I was like, yeah, why, why would you even want to camp here? Because like, oh, my God, they could come out of the trees. But it wasn't that case at all. Uh, Morristown was a high point. You could sort of see down to Manhattan. I would also say that so, um, if you are fighting a guerrilla war, yeah, it seems like the woods would be, would your be friend. pretty dope when the other guys are wearing highlighters yeah i mean it, is a, it was a guerrilla war but and it sort of wasn't as well like yeah you know, it's a they, mix, they yeah. do it was a mix they would still stand in a row and fire at each other which you know i yeah. I, I i can see where somebody somewhere who figured out not to do that would have the advantage there's a great sketch mm -hmm. By the whitest kids you know. Did you mm -hmm. ever watch that show? It was a great sketch of comedy. Yeah, it was yeah, on yeah. like IFC. Mm -hmm. And it was um it was like it was called like a civil war, but it was a that was the Revolutionary War, but civil, I think, was the in quotes. You know, oh, okay. and it was right. it was like this British guy being like, I believe because you are the home team, the defending team, you get the first volley, and then we'll you know, and they go <laughs> and then you see there's like a line of British soldiers and like one of them gets shot and he goes, Oh, congratulations, that's our map specialist. Oh, we'll have a hard time getting by without him. Okay, now it is our turn to uh return volley. And he's yeah. just like, Oh, Gen gentlemen, try to figure out who you think their map specialist is. Let's have fun with it. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. another one of their guys gets shot and he goes down. He's like, whoa, 
you've 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 taken an extra turn and they just keep getting shot by the americans as they keep trying to be like you have forfeited one of your turns yeah and then they just well that's what's happening in ukraine right now not to not to put this one because i think this come this well this will be coming out on tuesday oh on tuesday oh fantastic i was like i was wondering if it would come out much later i was like uh, i was ready to make a couple predictions no 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 it's cool here's the thing uh so we have this this is come so the date that this is being uh released is great and uh, we're all here to oh have a it's good a time. good so, date yeah so as it's of one of those dates that has like a full moon it's march 8th march uh, hey oh, Mar- oh, hey everybody oh that's on march 8th or if you're listening for free yeah, uh, on march 15th if you're not listening to the patreon at patreon.com slash chef may it's fine you can listen for free i don't get angry about it but also why are you trying to steal food from my children <laughs> You don't have any children. I don't. I don't. Oh. And I'm actually doing fine. But, uh, you know, we just had to say that. Uh, you have you have a child. I do have a child. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Max is doing pretty well. Well, you have an adult now. Hey, Max is 18 now. So you yeah, have, you have an adult child. Uh, with you, you've, you've had an interesting experience from the past couple of years, and especially since we last talked, because mm-hmm. um, you have uh, cohabitated. You have gotten married. I did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got married during the pandemic. You so. sure did. Yeah. Well, we were debating like whether or not to push it back. It just seemed so pointless to push it back. We wanted to get married for a while. Had, you know, and then and then it was one of those things where we'd been planning it. And then like the pandemic kind of happened and we were like, well, we can't do it this summer. And then we were like coming up in the winter and then we were like, well, maybe we can make it August of next year. But then arguing about everybody, I knew I knew there were like vaccines coming, mm-hmm. but I also knew that there was going to be a like a full blown argument about it with everybody. I didn't know how bad it was going to get, like yeah. where everybody's like, ah, it makes you magnetic. Like I didn't I didn't anticipate was that, that at all. I but wouldn't picture that in your life. No. Well, there's a little bit of that in my family. So like, oh, you know, yeah. there's uh, like fortunately everybody. Uh, no, not everybody got vaccinated. So that's oh, a thing that's like unfo- that yeah. is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. So it was one of those things where I was like, I don't want to have to like sit there and say to everybody, well, we're going to have an in-person event. And everybody has to be vaccinated, you know, thinking like August or something like that. But then by then the Delta stuff had gone haywire and it was just impossible to make long term plans. So, you you know, what's uh, the difference between you and I is I would be the person that would be like, I don't care who you are. Get vaccinated or you're not coming to my wedding. Yeah. yeah, Uh, Because I am uh, confrontational. You are. My family. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know that that's true at all. Would you be confrontational about that? You if, if I had like if I had a parent yeah that refused to do it I'd be like well you're not coming to my wedding yeah. I'm not gonna kill you because I'm getting married well I had uh, the unfortunate my mom and my stepfather caught it in April of 2020 oh and no so, yeah it was two years ago and they're still struggling it's hard my, my stepfather especially he was in a coma for a little while oh wow oh my god yeah, yeah, yeah. My my co-host uh, Kim Crawl on Ugg Fine, which is a monthly show I do. She's had long COVID, like she had it, and you know she tests negative repeatedly, but she still has a hard time breathing, oh, and she's God. young. Yeah, well, for him, he he he's kind of uh, he shuffles around. He's not really doing as well as he used to. Although I have to say that he kind of like the doctors will try and talk to him about stuff, and he's very puckish. So like they'll say like you know, what's the, who's the president this year? And he'll go, Abraham Lincoln, you know, like, you know that he's screwing with him. And it's just like, 
stop doing that because they're trying to help yeah, you. Not you the know? time. <laughs> not the, not time. the time. You can yeah, run, no. run bits <laughs> yeah, run no. bits at the grocery store yeah, exactly. when you're bored. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, no, they're trying to help you out here. Yeah. Like, really. <laughs> it, so uh, it is funny. And I'm wondering, because when, when this happened and when you guys sort of explained it, because you sent out uh, like an invitation that we was did. almost like a booklet that we explained yeah, everything. Yeah. And the first question I had, and I obviously wasn't going to ask you this question while you were preparing for your wedding, is like, why don't you just elope? And then have a ceremony when things are safe. Yeah, we talked about it, but we were we didn't really want to leave people out because it really felt like we we wanted to sort of announce to everybody that we were getting married and sort of include our community in it. Fair, you know, because I felt that that's that's re the real important part of a marriage is that. If you're going to do it in public, you're doing it to sort of announce to everybody. That's fair. I got secretly married before we had our ceremony. Oh, you did? Before we, okay. And uh, that failed. So in that regard, maybe my idea was terrible. <laughs> well, I don't know that uh, any ideas are bad. It's just one of those things where we, for us, we were like, yeah. this is probably not the best uh, angle oh, by on the it. Way, but I was thinking when I said elope, this is how much of a shady piece of shit I am. I was like, no, don't tell anybody that you're married. Just oh really? Be, just secretly, oh, just be, secretly married. be married. Well, that's kind of hot, like a little bit, right? like you know. <laughs> it's always good to have a secret, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. It's so it's important for actors. It's important for you. <laughs> you, uh, I believe, uh, one of the uh, presiders of the wedding was mm -hmm. uh, former guest of the former show, Jim McLaughlin. Yes. Well, Jim McLaughlin is the person that introduced Jill and I, That's which right. was uh, a real, um, real interesting thing. I'd done stuff for the Hero Initiative for years and years. We are and, uh, huge supporters of the Hero Initiative. Yeah, here. which is great. You can go to heroinitiative.org mm -hmm. and help donate for uh, artists and writers yeah. and, and if it, comic people. And anybody who follows me on social media knows how much I, I go to bat for yeah. the Hero Initiative. Yeah. And every year on my birthday... I do a birthday fundraiser for. Oh, you me. do? Yeah, really. Yeah. Ten oh, bucks. Is that one of the things ten, I missed at the. Ten bucks a year. No, it's on social media. <laughs> oh, okay. And it's all it's all one of those things where I'm just like, look, man, I just want ten bucks for every year I've been alive. Yeah. And you know, people have always uh, knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Well, it's a great uh, charity, and even Jill and I saw Jim uh, a couple weeks ago. But um, yeah, he he, he dragged uh, Jill over to me. I guess Jill had gotten like a small sketchbook. Yeah. And had gotten a sketch from uh, Tom Rainey. I love Tom. Which was amazing. Like, it was a really good sketch. It was this a zero was a, surprise there. Yeah, it was a Catwoman, and it was way too good. And it was like the first sketch in the sketchbook. Oh. And I was like, oh. And uh, uh, Jim was like, I know a guy. And, you know, and he like brought, hey, this is, this is Jill, Jill, this is Scott. You it's know, a like, great and, impression. Uh, and, <laughs> and I was like, well, it's a pleasure to meet you, you know. And then I, I, I kept her there. She wanted a monster, so I drew like a monster, just a head. And uh, but I, I kept drawing it over and over and over again because I was really into talking to her. Because she's so cute yeah. and fun. Yeah. Oh, and she's like, fantastic. Oh, yeah. So I was just like, I, I, I drew that monster for fifty minutes, just over and over and over again. And and then at some point, Marie Javins came up. And Jill was like, oh, okay, I'm going to get out of here. Are you done with that yet? And I was like, okay, here. I'd almost like made my way through the paper. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You just you tattooed. A, yeah, a and she thought I was the slowest artist like in the history of the world. She was like, I don't know how he gets any work done. If You know, like. <laughs> yeah. We should add, by the way, too, because we've mentioned her in the past, but uh, yeah. your wife, J uh, Jill, Jill Adams Colblish. Right? Yes. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 
a, a, an accomplished person in the world of comics in her own right. Yeah, she, she's a talented talent, administrator. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's a ta- uh, talent wrangler for talent for wrangler DC, over right? at DC, uh, wrangling like some really in, neat projects right now that uh, I'm sure she would kill me if I mentioned. No, but, uh, but very recently she helped facilitate um, George Perez coming back to yeah, DC. Yeah, George. Which, yeah, they 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 really worked that one out. That was amazing because uh, uh, George uh, was coming out to the West Coast because um, uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, he's been diagnosed yeah. with a, a terminal uh, pancreatic cancer. And um, he was coming out to the West Coast and they knew it and they wanted to, to have um, the opportunity to, to for all the people at D.C. to show their affection and and, and yeah. uh, respect for George. And uh, it was the first time that they had had an event at the the point which was the building that they're at yeah. i don't well they won't be there in, in a couple of months but uh it's it's the building that dc had been at for the longest time and um it was kind of hard to to wrangle all that stuff and yeah. um i wound up um being able to help out and it was great to see george i thought it was actually really fantastic he's a it's interesting he's because he knows that he's going to pass uh, and because that's a difficult thing for the people around him as well as him uh, he almost becomes like a Sherpa for everybody else in it, you know, like his, his life has always been a life of doing everything to make the people around him comfortable. Yeah. Uh, I've known that from every time I've met him and talked to him yeah. that, uh, you know, he does everything to, he disarms you. He does. In a way. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he, he kissed me yeah. in our, in my first, uh, interview with him. Oh, my, wow. first, my first yeah, sure. uh, time I ever spoke with him and he just gave me a big old sloppy kiss and, yeah, and yeah. It, it does. It's very charming and disarming, and it, it brings down those defenses in such a good way that he knows how to read people really well. It's true. He do, well, he, yeah, he, he's he's a guy that I kind of pattern uh, any any interaction that I have with fans after uh, because he's just so charming and so kind and giving of his time mm-hmm. and himself. Um um but also he's a little bit of a daddy too like for like uh for like for the gals around him too so it's interesting to watch that that is that dynamic as well it's uh i watched there was one youtube thing that i had seen and he was sitting at the table and someone was talking at him and uh and uh he he had a uh, some beautiful woman sitting next to him and at some point like he just grabbed her chair and just yanked it like a little closer do you know what I mean? But it was yeah. just one of those things. No, where it, like, it's funny because you said daddy and I'm like, I think you're going in the direction I think yeah, you're going in. Well, he's in, very but public yeah, about yeah, that sort of stuff. Um, very um, expressive. And, yeah. um, but, and, and it's, uh, it's just interesting to watch somebody have uh, sort of know who they are. Uh, live feel, very truthfully. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very truthfully and very, uh, very kind about it. Do you know what I mean? I think that that, that living truthfully aspect of him enables him to be kind. Yeah. You know, and he he was very kind, and, and uh, so yeah. So Jim introduced you to Jill. Jim introduced me to Jill, and uh, uh, I took the reins after that. And then uh, by drawing a picture for an hour, <laughs> yeah, by drawing a picture, by drawing for one hour. monster yeah, thirty five well, times we, in an hour. We 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 met up later that night, uh, not on on purpose. Uh, I had gone. Uh, well, I wanted to leave. I, I wasn't going to stay at the convention at all. Like, I, no. I but someone had given me a hotel room. The convention. Uh, this is in Long Beach, 
And I was like, nah. I got up to the hotel room and I was like so squirrely. I just didn't want to stay at all. And I and like I went downstairs and Jim McLaughlin and Tom Rainey and a couple other people were going to go have dinner. So they sort of cornered me and dragged me to dinner. So I didn't leave then. I got back from dinner. I took the elevator up, got back in the hotel room, super squirrely within like a minute. Really? I, yeah, I couldn't stand being in my own skin. And I was just like, I got to get out of here. I'm just going to I'm just going to go. And I and I went downstairs and someone had told me that there was going to be like a drink and draw kind of thing where they mm -hmm. had a couple models. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll wander over to that. And the host of that had gotten so drunk that he was sitting up, but wasn't conscious like you know what i mean i wonder like, if i know who the host was uh it was it's mike wellman at the time yeah, i don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. but at any rate like he he was he wasn't he wasn't available for me to speak to do you know what i mean and yeah. then and while i was sort of sussing this out like uh, i was standing in the way like a like a big gorky like in the way dip like in yeah. the way dip and then the girls were like you're in the way like you know everyone yeah. was like starting to shout at me and i was like oh and then I just sort of like hopped off to the side and then I saw like some other people that I knew and I wandered over to where they were and Jill was over there with them. And then I wound up talking to Jill for another like three or four hours and got one drawing done. No, I, I, this time I wasn't even drawing. So this time I, I just like there were a couple of people around me I got to meet like I hadn't really spoken to them very much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bob Fingerman, like I'm a huge fan of Bob's stuff. So I got to talk to Bob a little bit, but I was laser focused on Jill. Like it was just really, and then, uh, I can get was, that seeing as how you married her. Yeah. And it was super, tracks. it was super foggy outside and I had been down in Long Beach before. So I knew that there's a great lighthouse, uh, down, uh, close to the, um, well, for me, I love walking. So, you know, walking like you half walked, an hour. You walked here. Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, it's no, ra it's going to rain. Uh, yeah, I was like, eh, I was so torn about the whole thing because I was like, I don't want to get caught in the rain if I'm walking back. At any rate, so like uh, it was super foggy and it was like one in the morning and I was like, come with me out to see the, the lighthouse, you know, like in the dark. And she was like, I, I want to but also you could be like a serial killer and bob fingerman stepped up and he was like i'll i'll make sure that nothing terrible i'll happens. protect yeah, you from yeah Scott. exactly so uh yeah so we walked down to the lighthouse and uh um and then back and then uh yeah i was just really smitten like immediately oh. she's just beautiful and smart and just funny she is very uh, I, yeah i ended up um meeting her and becoming friends with her at um henry barajas's birthday party oh that makes sense at a karaoke party i met her and i was like what a cool chick yeah yeah henry's uh henry was uh jill's uh roommate for a long time for a couple of years it's know? all very it's a nice patchwork existence that we live uh that we experience out well here. it's nice you, you actually meet people and then like i don't know it's meeting people and talking to people is always so like baffling to me I don't really know. I, as an artist, I spend so much time alone at the drawing board yeah. that um, uh, I really took for granted just meeting people. Interpersonal. And talking, yeah, interpersonal. Yeah. You know, stuff. It, we met at a convention, but yes. in a strange way. Well, it was the it was the the game. We were teamed up. We were, yeah. Uh, for Sketch Fighter. Yeah. And you 
were like super friendly to the point where I thought I'd met you before. Like no, but you were my but, teammate. Yeah, well, exactly. So if yeah, I'm yeah. gonna be, I'm not gonna be friend. Like like I'm jerk. not gonna be teammates with somebody. Well, who, I've been teammates with some people who are just like yeah, I'm not, really standoffish. I'm not so. gonna do that. Yeah, like no, it was really great, and we won, didn't we? Of course, like, yeah, dude, absolutely. Can I be honest with you? Yeah, I'm incredibly competitive. Yeah, and also really good at, at like <laughs> those kind of games. You know, yeah, like we those things, the, I just, yeah. re, I really like doing that. Like when the pressure is on yeah. for a game like that, I am like hyper-focused. Wow. Anytime that isn't happening, I lose focus a hundred percent. Really? So like, uh, um, uh, do you, would you ever want to do, I have a friend that does like game show things. Like he'll appear on game shows. I've been on a few. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah. All right. And are you super competitive then? Do I you am. like, uh, taking like, um host out you're just like knocking them out i did i get i get messages about um being on uh this show america says Mm -hmm. uh, which is essentially family feud oh okay it's basically family feud but on the game show network and but it's hosted by john michael higgins who i love (laughs) and so when they were like yeah this is a show america says it's hosted by john michael higgins i'm like i'm in yeah and they're like yeah but we didn't uh, we didn't approve i'm like yeah but i want to do it (laughs) <laughs> and I had a team, it was a team that had been set up, but when they told us who it was, I was like, oh yeah, put us on the show. Yeah. And they were like, what? And I was like, put us on. Yeah. We want to do it. And they were like, I don't think that's how it works. I'm like, we're going to be great. That's Just put great. us on. Absolutely. And what, what was the experience like? It, okay. So we get pulled in and what they do is because with game shows, they always make you like play practice rounds sure, to like show you how the game works. So you don't up on tv or whatever Um, but then beyond that just to get you loose and comfortable they put us up against this team and it was these like these it was like a sexy family of like sports parents wow from san diego yeah just this very attractive mexican family they were all like super hot and they were like we're we're you know and they were like soccer moms and you know baseball dads and stuff like that and we were team sci-fi (laughs) <laughs> and we were going to be team star wars but they were like we we're just you gonna call it sci-fi, use the yeah. word star wars, um yeah. it was me mm-hmm. and then it was my three partners were all under five five. Oh, i looked like a chaperone yeah and tough. so they moved me to the as like the team captain position which i didn't want to be in but mm-hmm. they were like no it doesn't work it doesn't if work i'm standing if... in the middle interesting. of you know, so I looked, your height would, they were like, they, already you were like the leader. They, they aesthetically made me the, the, the leader of the group or the speaker of the group. And I didn't ask for that, yeah. but also I didn't, I was like, this is fine. Well, they said that's what happens with presidents. There's, they're tall. Yeah. Like, well, except for Adams, I guess. Yeah. Well, and and I, Madison you know, was kind of short too. I mean, anybody like it's when it's once TV starts, that's when we really start. Yeah. Playing. Yeah. Yeah. At that point they're like, did you write the constitution? Yeah. And they're like, okay, you can come in if you're five, four, like, but, uh, but after that, they're just like, you know, so, so they put in, and now I'm on a team of nerdy comedians. Yeah. So like, obviously it's a trivia and like family feudish kind of thing. And sure. you know, it's a smart crew. And we went up against these gorgeous people that, and we don't, we destroyed them like in the practice round. Oh, really? We just, we murdered them into the point where afterwards, and we were all like, you know, being friendly with them. And we're like, man, this game is wild, right? Like sometimes you get lucky and you just hit all these things. And they're like, yeah. And they were like, thank God we're not going up against you guys. So, and and they told us they were like yeah you're yeah. not going to be going up against those like i mean you know we can't guarantee that but sure. the odds are not and then we go up and we're about to go out on stage and i see across the studio yeah it's them 
Oh, wow. And in my head, I was like, and we were mic'd up. So I covered up my mic and I was like, these poor motherfuckers. <laughs> I felt so bad for them because we went into the game knowing that we were just yeah. going to kill them. Sure. And we did. Oh, okay. Um, it wasn't one of those situations where they, they were playing pool and they missed the first ball. Like. No, they didn't hustle us. Um, <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. When no, they were like, aha. <laughs> no, it was, it was just, it, we, we were very dominant about yeah, it. Sure. Like, and, and it was, you know, one of those things where I'm like, I have these two there inside of me. There are two wolves. Yeah. It is the one that is a competitive prick. Sure. And the two is that I never want to humiliate anybody. Okay. I always want people to feel okay and safe yeah, and happy sure. and whatever. That's very kind of you. But at the same time, I was like, well, I'm not going to throw anything. Cause I don't want to look stupid as yeah, well. Yeah. So I was like trying my best to be very like personable and friendly and kind, but also being competitive. And we dominated and we, made it to the bonus round at the end and right as we were about to like win the big thing we lost on the last the absolute last thing we didn't make it so oh really we, oh okay. i think we ended up walking away with like 250 bucks that's good each that's better than i've ever made on stage fair um i actually it's funny because i i do go to tapings every once in a while i wind up at a drag to at, at something or usually dragged to something but like uh <laughs> what will wind up happening is that i can't i can't stop being involved in the thing like so like i'm in the audience but then like like i went to a taping of uh i guess it was like a music show that was in the 90s it was like welcome to studio 54 or something yeah. like that and it was like a music program where there was a host and this was like and then they'd have a musical act this is G Love and the special sauce or whatever it was. And um I like cold beverages. Something like that. And uh but the, it was hosted by John Hyatt. And uh they placed me kind of right behind him. And he had said something and kind of looked back, and then I just took it as my cue to start talking to him, which is like a complete like not you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he said something and I was like, oh no, don't worry about it. Like we're, we're okay back here. You know, all we see is your bald spot. Do you know what I mean? Like things like that, Jesus. like where I was just like, I don't know when to not be involved in yeah, these things. Yeah, to be that guy, know? huh? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm always, I always kind of, <clears throat> part of the reason I would do music is I, I really loved being on stage, you know, yeah. like I had a love and uh, it's also terrifying to be on stage as well. Yeah. But it, it was, it's interesting when you, you sort of get the dynamics of like manipulating is too strong a word, but being able to con like control the audience or you can just say interacting, interacting. Okay. I could, I could do that. <laughs> but there is manipulation. <laughs> there to is it. a little bit because the thing is, is when you're preparing whatever you're going to do, whether it's music or comedy, I'm sure like you're trying to get a particular reaction out of everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, and um it can be it can it feels manipulative to me like you know like i'll do a song and i'm looking for a particular kind of reaction out of somebody yeah, but you know, it's like, a positive form of manipulation i think i think we oftentimes think of the word manipulative as being necessarily negative but that's not the case yeah. because for example in teaching mm -hmm. which is actually what got me prepared for stand up a oh, lot okay that makes sense um but like i learned a manipulative trick mm -hmm. where I noticed that kids started reacting when you, if you're moving towards them, really kids will like immediately kind of like beeline their eyes up and pay attention because you're doing that. Yeah. So I learned a trick uh -huh. where, um, I would, I never stood still. I walked around a lot, sure. but I would do, if I wanted to get like their attention for some sort of grandiose point or to establish a thesis statement, the trick was take like a step and a half forward to the left, mm -hmm. then back. 
do the same to the right, uh-huh. then back. And that way, then their attention to the center, huh. then three steps back. And what that does is you're you're basically vacuuming in all these eyes, and then you're creating a larger stage. Wow! So people automatically just instinctively give you that attention. Right. You'd gotten that side of the room, that side of the room, this side of the room, yes. and then everybody you pulled them back yeah. with you, and they they kind of follow you, like you know, like you ever see like cats watching a, a ping pong ball yeah. going by or something. Sure. Yeah. And well, that worked for stand up as well. Yeah. But that what that does is it does improve the experience for the people that are involved they get so it's manipulative but it's manipulative with a for a specific benefit it does well and that's the that's the thing about uh trying to make sure that they're sort of involved i I found that oftentimes when i was doing music that silence uh at first i thought was my enemy uh but uh with music and stuff like that it's not so what would wind up happening is that i would i would hear just almost like everyone lose their breath out there and it was kind of alarming the first couple times and then after a while you're just like well that means that they're paying attention you know a pregnant pause before a punchline mm-hmm. or if you're timing stand up right it is that same you know you feel like you're on a tightrope for a split second yeah. because you're about to deliver the blow right but up until that point it's that setup it's interesting to see all that sort of stuff and actually in los angeles you can kind of see people that like you would normally see, especially in comedy, you would normally see these people in like a thousand people stadium or something like that, or a big room, but you can see them small and up close. I, would, I yeah, remember they, we saw Dana Gould at one of your... Blast from uh, the, uh, blast from the, on uh, Mint on Card, uh, yeah. back March 11th at Blast from the Past oh, in wow. Magnolia and Burbank. You know exactly when it was. Where, but where? yeah, I remember watching him there and he was angry because... Uh, well, he was uh, railing against like he felt that there were no beautiful nerds and I was going to get married to a beautiful nerd. Yeah. So I was like, I kind of felt again, like one of those things where like I was this close to just going like, well, I, I've got a beautiful Don't, woman who's like a nerd. It's just, it's just a bit. Don't <laughs> you know, do it. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to jump in and be like, well, we can see your bald spot, John Hyatt. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I didn't want to go like, well, I'm sitting right next to her. She's gorgeous. Like, you know, like this is what, you know, I you mean, know. he knows me. <laughs> and I mean, come on, no, but yeah, no, he's got the, the, the he does the whole bit about seeing the, he the does silk specter. He sees a woman that is, uh, is dressed as silk specter at Comic-Con yeah. and he had been going to Comic-Con all the time. He had. And so he, he was like, he finally, he had his kids with him. He's like, I'm a safe person now. Like I'm no longer a threat. And he asks the woman, like, you know, are you like a big Alan Moore fan? Is it Watchmen? Or, yeah. You know, and she's just like, oh, no, I'm just a model. They paid me to come do it. And he's like, of course you are. Right. But I feel that that's more his luck well, than it is like I think uh, it's what's all, really like going on. Out it's there. also a bit. Well, it is know? a bit. It, it, But it doesn't it doesn't work anymore. For, like when I go to these conventions, it doesn't work at all anymore. Because honestly, around 2003, I remember being in the Barnes and Noble and uh, because, these, you know, they existed back then. And yeah. there was a row of anime and there would always be like a number of like 12 year old girls mm-hmm. because uh, Barnes and Noble had accidentally set up a porn section of uh, twink uh, porn uh, of course. In, 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 in these sections. Like, I don't know that they had ever read any of the anime that they had up there. Yeah. yeah. They would just order all 24 volumes and put it in there. 
But do you well, mean the manga? Yeah, the manga. Okay, yeah, yeah. Manga. So right. well, anime. Oh, is, oh is anime is the stuff that moves. And manga is the That's comics. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the manga is the stuff that doesn't move. So there would be a huge manga section. Uh, yeah. Thank you for correcting me. And um, and uh, everyone would just be sitting there. And of course, uh, uh, it was just interesting to sort of watch uh, um, an entire group of people um, sort of like prepared for this life. You know, the comic yeah. book kind of life. And I knew that each one of those 12 year olds would grow up and be at these conventions, you know? So now you can't go up to somebody who's gorgeous at a convention and assume that they don't know everything about all of the stuff yeah. that's there, you know, like it's a Dana Gould bit, but uh, for me, uh, you know, living in that life. And of course, people who are kind of just tangential to it, they hear that bit and they go, oh, of course it makes sense. Yeah, that's and it may, might have made sense in 1996. It just doesn't make sense any longer. And it's one of those things that uh, when I hear it, I, I have trouble with it um, because I know that there's there's just a ton of women uh, in, from about like, I want to say 18 to 35 yeah. now. Uh, you know, it's a it's a very active part of the community. Yeah. The best way to just to think about it with stand up is to remember that it's uh, it's oftentimes fictionalized and it's not scripture. So yeah. to not like have that cuz yeah, of course, but like the joke is funny. Well, I just for uh, me the comedians that that, that sort of uh, speak some sort of truth or some sort of like some way of uh like I hear it and I go like, "Oh, um uh I had never thought about it that way." Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that I go to a comedy show for. I don't always get it, but like, but that's the kind of stuff that I value comedians as, and I value Dana Gold. Like, uh, you know, I think yeah, that Dana's uh, great. Yeah, he's a yeah. Legend. Like, 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 part of the thing that I liked about him is that he would embrace all the nerdy things that he oh, yeah. liked, and then just went off on a tangent about them. And I mean, the fact that he loves like Planet of the Apes as much as he does, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's made me, of the century, it's made yeah. me like Planet of the yeah. Apes, you know, it's one of those, you meet one of those people that they have a love for something. They explain why they love the thing hmm. and you have a, a respect for it where you didn't have it before. Hey gang, how you doing? It's me, it's Jeff from the podcast you're listening to, Weird Story. Uh, I may have forgotten to record the producers because it was an in-person meeting. We haven't done this in a while and I was too busy focusing at that and didn't have a computer screen in my face. So, that being said, I do want to take a minute to thank all of my amazing producers at the Jeff May Patreons $10 producer tier, which you can check out at patreon.com slash Jeff May. Like to give a huge shout out to Ricky Cilantro, Big Booty Boy for $20.69. <laughs> the most well-prepared dead guy, jump roping, still a sport, Jeff not liking it, still a fact. You bastard. Big Bad Bouncing Bollock, shout out to Jennifer Fendelander, at AV Foundry, Patrick Dorr, Bart Fartigan, a Steven that really likes cookies. I'm going to look out for that other Steven, maybe he likes them too. Huey, how, uh, Nerd Numbers, ah, shout out to Magnolia Thunder. <laughs> Andrew, I put producer on my resume, McGuire. Rudy, Jerks Hate Cool Films, Rueda. Jeff Hates Competitive Fun, you liar. 
Uh, shout out to Goji Gregarious Gregorio, aka Rad Mummy. I need to know that story. Uh, Kool Aid Molotov is recovering from a heart attack. His wife, his wife sends love to at Nazdarovye on Twitter. Oh my God, Kool Aid Molotov. I hope you're okay. I mean, it says you're recovering, so that is good news. Man. I'm getting news dropped to me in the producer track. This is good stuff. Uh, shout out to Jared Ruane. Ruane, I saw it. You corrected me on the pronunciation at one point in time, and I, I will continue to f*** it up because I'm a bad person. Uh, Fartholomew Martinez, the fartiest of Martys. Funky J, show me in the rules where it says a dog can't play basketball. Uh, shout out to Gray Man of the Nightmare Potluck. Everyone is welcome at the table. Jeff using Deep Blue Sea memes to break bad news. Shout out to Tyler Wilgus, Asking Seven, Kimball, The Casual Frankenstein, Earl of Slander, Steven, hey Steven, come over here for some free cookies. Ignore the anvil-shaped shadow from above. It's totally not a trap. The story's getting strange and I love it. Shout out to Mr. Billy Beck and a get well to Mr. Billy Beck as well. Shout out to Cody Beck, Mike Gouts, Lisa McCarty at Comics Book Girl. Comics with an X, girl with a U. Shout out to Just Pivo, Dr. DNA, Dr. Video. I like that we have a, the two doctors next to each other. Uh, thank you to the scene in Meet Joe Plaque where <laughs> Brad Pitt dies. It never it never gets old. Uh, I'm never going to have a history podcast, you little sh- so stop asking, but I will guest on some every once in a while. Shout out to Mackenzie. Sisyphus may be happy, but he's into CrossFit, so f*** him. Chill. Shout out to Instagram and Twitter's at Bob underscore of underscore Skull. Dustin Decker couldn't come up with anything clever. Lemming Malloy. Norm from Cheers. Burrito Mouth. At ZTP Whiskey on Instagram. Shout out to Taurus Bulba. Everyone go watch the 1992 Rutger Hauer film Split Second. It's a banger from start to finish. Itty Bitty Millie Committee Pity the Fool that... I guess that's just it. Itty Bitty Millie Committee Pity the Fool that... I feel like you didn't finish your... You didn't finish your thought there, Millie. Shout out to Kelly says, Get your booster, you gaslighting dip turds. Who's the master? Show nuff. Shout out to Lisa Harden, Jessica Robertson, Silius Ruby. <sighs> My name is Jeff May, and this is not a Patreon name. This is a truthful confession that I do not like sports. You f- Shout out to the Digital Phil, who is still waiting for a Mike Zek-style Punisher reboot. Bruce made Terry fight Superman before he got him karate lessons. If you uh, listen to Tom and Jeff watch Batman, that does make sense to you. And if you don't, sorry. Uh, shout out to the ghost of Dave Thomas, Jolly Buckaroo, and the last yeehaw, Aaron Meyer. L is worried his head will get sunburnt this summer because he doesn't have any hats. Seldo. Tony Stewart killed the guy is a t-shirt you could make for remarkably cheap on the internet. It was me, Jeff. I've been giving you $10 a month since the beginning so you could afford more gas station Pop-Tarts, keeping you sluggish. Just slow enough for me to steal Christmas. Shout out to Cronenberger Meister Meisterberger. Shout out to Wareth Clawful. Shout out to three Jacob Tremblays in a trench coat sneaking into an R-rated movie. A huge shout out to Parker Aylesworth, Christy Salinas, Kale's only true purposes as the garnish at a 1996 Pizza Hut buffet. I gotta be 100% honest. When I saw that Kale was like getting big back in like, you know, the 2010s, I, I used to just be like, you mean the stuff from buffets? Like on the ice? And, and they were like, yeah, we eat that now. Shout out to uh, 
at the Pajamarai, P-A-J-A-M-A-R-A-I, has a new baby. Bad time to become a broadcast producer? Yeah, but, you know, I appreciate it. Uh, shout out to Verbose Minimalist. Uh, shout out to Adam Warlock. He wants your soul. Shout out to KR. And of course, shout out to the local man at Gavin underscore not, not with two T's, uh, which is really fun. And a very special thank you to uh, new patron Nicholas Fabian, who just signed up and didn't have enough time to write a name in here. And I'm just going to blow up his spot anyway. So if uh, he wasn't supposed to have my his name run out there, man, that sucks. Let me know. I'll send you your 10 bucks back. Uh, and again, thank you all so much for humoring me. I appreciate it. And again, if you want me to read your name off, hit up the $10 a month producer tier at patreon.com slash Jeff May. Uh, again, my apologies for not reading it off during the show. I wasn't looking at my computer. I was looking at Scott directly across from me uh, in my living room. It was awesome. Such a cool experience to actually record in person for the first time in a very long time. Uh, anyway, Way back to the show. You know what's funny is we're like fifty-three minutes into the con- pod. No, and, really. <laughs> and I haven't even asked you about the reason I wanted you on the show, which is you were telling me you've got. Uh, you had mentioned in passing you had this project that you were working on, uh, the secret history of the war on weed. Yes, I do. I have this project. I. Uh, it's funny because I. I'm terrible at this sort of. Uh, aspect of my job where i go out and tell people well i just want to know what it's about like because you sent me what i first thought is i first thought it was going to be like a history like an actual history thing because the way you described it i was like what a brilliant thing for you to do because you i mean excuse me you you made your name I would say after a, a bit of a career working at Marvel and Deadpool is really the thing that I think solidified I think you. Most in. people notice me there. Yeah, I, yeah. most people know you from Deadpool and and from your from your world record <laughs> <laughs> uh, pieces and things like that. Uh, very impressive. And what I thought you were doing is you were like, now I'm doing something that is like a biographical. It's like you're you're doing like Snowfall or something, yeah. but as a as a graphic novel, you sent me a couple of of pages as a little preview to show, give me an idea, and I was like, oh, this is totally different than what I was expecting. So now I kind of need to know more. Yeah, it was originally going to be a little bit more of that, like mm-hmm. a, a, there was going to be a long sequence in the book where we described, you know, how all the drug laws came to be like there's a lot of research that i had done as far as uh you know uh, stuff that was happening around prohibition stuff that was happening around cocaine uh uh in the in the 1890s you know like yeah. stuff it's- where g-men were kind of uh you know the fbi was uh gaining a foothold and federal enforcement you know like there was a whole there's a whole process that actually wound up happening where a lot of these things that for instance george washington grew hemp you oh know, yeah. For you know, and hemp was a just a natural thing. You make ropes out of it, and I yeah. mean, you know, the way they hear it now, people want to make cars out of it or anything. You know, like a housing yeah. stuff. Like you can make all sorts of. It's just a plant. Yeah. Uh, the female version of the plant is the thing that'll get you high. So uh, yeah, um, well. yeah. And and the thing was is when I was much younger, I friends of mine would you know deal drugs like you know pot and like. And when they got caught, their lives were ruined, just completely ruined. Right, which you know? is silly. 
in the end it is i mean i had a friend he was he was he would he got caught and and then he spent years in jail years in prison in a low you know uh low security kind of prison but still prison you know and then when he got out he was just a changed person he was very angry at the world uh had a yeah, I would difficult say the time anger is justified yeah. yeah had a difficult time holding down a job whereas i think that you know he was he was set to do anything like his brother went on to do more uh bioengineering things yeah. you know what i mean and then what wound up happening is that it just it just ruined his life i felt and and unnecessarily so yeah and when when i came out here to live in los angeles you know they changed the drug laws in the past few years there's a dispensary on every corner. You yeah, know? my dispensary, they call me officer. Do they? Really? Because yeah. you look. <laughs> yeah. Because they don't know what the M stands That's the nickname. for. On their hat. <laughs> That's the nickname, though. That's they the call nickname. me officer, and yeah. I'm like, I'm not a cop. Yeah, yeah. They're and, like, but you look like a cop. Well, the joke is that I have resting cop face. <laughs> but that's fine. the thing like everybody all the bud tenders are all very sweet and very nice and the fact that there's even a word bud tender now it's you know like it's a stupid it's word. just it's a dumb word but i love it i think it's really fun but um it's it's interesting to me to see um you know at first everybody was kind of like well it was like legal if you had like a medical license yeah for it and and then that kind of got like you know when you've got enough 20 year olds with medical licenses you know you're kind of like this is not making john, any sense john mulaney cover, has a great thing where it's like it's the only law that's ever been passed because people just annoyed the government enough <laughs> to the, yeah. them to be like okay i think so and it's just one of those things where it's so pervasive and common yeah um and it hasn't destroyed everybody's lives you know in in any particular way that like let me tell you yeah uh i've been straight edge Oh, my whole life sure i had alcohol once once never smoked weed i've never smoked weed yeah, yeah yeah um just i don't do anything i don't need to except when i was 39 years old mm -hmm. i had an edible for the first time yeah sure it was kind of forced on me but forced on me in a positive like way someone put it in your drink no some <laughs> but but it was like here sit down i've ordered indian food yeah. eat this okay and you're going to be a little calmer you're yeah they were trying to calm you down and i gotta tell you it I sleep now yeah. so well yeah. because I take, I eat a Skittle mm -hmm. before bed yeah. and I just, I drift into this like deep, satisfying sleep. Well, the anti-anxiety properties of a lot of these things, and especially like now that there's different strains that everybody sort of identifies. Yeah. When I was a kid, again. Weed was just weed. Weed right? was weed. Whatever you got was whatever you got. Yeah. A half of it was oregano. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there was no... There's no telling where it was from, what it was from. Occasionally, someone would try and lay down like some info that this is, you know, yeah. this kind of California gold or whatever. It's some name. Yeah, like no that, one cares. This is weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all weed. And now there's like, you walk in and they're like, this is the percentage of strength yeah. of the thing that you get even. And I was just like, it, it's almost like cough medicine. Like, you know exactly how much. When I was home last, it was like August of, of 2021, I want to say. Um, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, when I was home last, there was, uh, I, I needed, I was out of edibles. Yeah. I oh, in Massachusetts. Is yeah. And I, cause I had gone home in during the summer and I, I had had these like um, chocolate covered blueberries mm -hmm. that were great. Yeah. They melted. Oh, and I was like, F and there was no way to recover. Right. That they they had just gone bad. Couldn't put you them know? in the oven again. And so I was like, F 
And so I was like, all right, there is a local dispensary. I'll, yeah. I'll go to it. Yeah. So I walked there and the, you know, you have to go through like the, you go through the security part and then you go into the store. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I walk in and the, literally the first person I see is one of my former students. <laughs> and, I was, and I looked at her and she looked at me and I went, well, well, we're not going to pretend that this isn't happening right now. <laughs> and so I walked yeah. up to her and I was like, look, I take edibles to go to sleep and I ran out. So, you know, so, and like I got, it was like, like it was expensive there and awful. Oh, okay. They were like, it was like this like weird to get, like to get out of the package taffy. Yeah. And I was like, man, my teeth can't handle taffy. <laughs> like, I've already lost several teeth. Due You're to- sure she didn't give it to you on It's purpose. all they had. Like, oh, it's all they had. It's all they had. Yeah. And, and it ended up costing me, like, what would normally be, like, 20 bucks out here was, like, $43. Right. Because yeah, they're yeah. still. I guess California has a better market for it. Yeah. I Well, that's the thing. So, like, it's, it's interesting to me to see yeah. the casualness of something that was so terrifying. Oh, I I paid attention time. Yeah. in health class. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so for me coming to this, that's the kind of angle that I started with. Mm-hmm. But what wound up happening is that uh, um, Jerry and Brian and I. Uh, so it's Jerry Dugan. And Brian Posehn. Brian Posehn. And oh, um, small, uh, small world situation. Jerry Dugan I met um, at Dana Gould's birthday party. No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's. They're really buds. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. That's pretty good. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Jerry gets around. Jerry does a lot of like really interesting things in addition to writing. Yeah. He's always swamped with something. Yeah, we're ta- we were talking, and it he, like I heard somebody else say his name out loud, and I was yeah. like, "Wait, like like Jerry Duggan, Jerry, you know?" Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. "That that one, like Scott Koblish's friend," and, and yeah. he was like, "Oh yeah," and, and oh, I was great. like, "Oh, friends with Scott." Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's I didn't drop to you when we were having oh, a conversation. Good. Yeah, um, Jerry's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he'll do sometimes. Like uh, I think he helps produce like. Not the Golden Globes, but something along those lines. Some oh, amateur, like, uh, uh, or at any rate, like, um, uh, uh, he he had sort of noticed that up on the schedule, uh, there was a 420, like a May or April, May, April 20th was going to be a release date for comics. It's usually on Wednesday mm-hmm. that they have comics sort of drop. Although I think it's changing, but at any rate, there's a four. There are various days that happen. Yeah, yeah. there are. So uh, there was a four twenty that was popping up, and he was like, "Oh, we should do some sort of weed thing," you know, like, and um, and Brian was up for it, and I was up for it as well. <laughs> I met and, Brian Posehn. Uh-huh. Ready for this? Yeah, is so yeah. weird. Uh, I met him in my hotel suite at C two E two, where oh. I was staying with a bunch of my friends. One yeah. of those friends is my friend Chris Ward. Um, he worked for Wizard for a while. Sure. Um, and we were all there and uh somebody, somebody was like hey my friend is my friend um, is, uh, that i'm opening for is looking is looking for weed do you have any and chris is like i have some yeah and it was brian posein and he came <laughs> he came into our hotel room and i was like oh okay that that tracks that's awesome yeah, yeah. so uh yeah so we went over to brian and jerry's and we kind of like blue skied some ideas and then like um and then i just went back to the to my section of the the thing and just started drawing and then you literally went back to the drawing board yeah i went to the drawing board exactly and then i the more we would talk about things and the more that we started draw i started drawing things like 
stuff would pop up where I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, you know, maybe I can follow this angle on it instead. And then uh, when it came time for this big sequence that was originally going to be in the, in the middle of the book where they're... The main character is uh, kind of a, a commando, '80s commando. Yeah, kind it's of a, guy. it has very it has very Arnold and Commando uh, vibes. It that does. I, saw I, I wanted to show. kind of I wanted to kind of explore that that '80s uh, idea of macho machismo kind of uh, um, uh, because uh, there was this period of time where um, uh, masculinity uh, really wound up being uh, explored. I don't. I don't necessarily think that it was explored in a more successful way than it was in different. Uh, no, it was just hyper masculinity. It was just hyper masculinity. It was a reaction to the seventies, uh, in a way, sort of like waifish theater masculinity yes. that we saw in like your, you know, your Pacinos. Yeah, and, and it your moved, De Niro's. And, yeah, and even that had moved away from that like complete dick that yeah. used to be out there in the suit. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, like the Frank Sinatra's and all that yeah. stuff, you know, like where they were just like go in and have contempt for everybody in the room. It was like, the swingers. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, so it's, it's interesting. It was an interesting period of time for me visually mm -hmm. because that is a, a pretty interesting, like visual, like sort of tackle, you know, the over muscled, like, um, Sylvester Stallone, the, bar the barbarian body, yeah, the barbarian yeah. body. Yeah. Which is just really interesting. So like, and really us up. Yeah, growing oh, up. absolutely. Yeah, you think you it's know. attainable, and it's really not. Yeah, I mean, growing up, I mean, we saw that with like Barbie when they were like, "Barbie's a bad influence on young women," and <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. looking at looking at He Man just being like, yeah. "I gotta get those abs." Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's not, and it's one of those things where you find out years later that these guys are they're they're alternately starving themselves and pushing their their muscles past like every and injecting themselves with hgh and sure like yeah like even watching i watched uh the guy who plays thor do chris some, hemsworth yeah chris hemsworth do some like like lifting stuff that he was doing and it was all just like he did this burst until it was like too painful and then they like tied his arms in order to like uh cut off the air that's coming to the to those muscles so that you can be in an anaerobic state in order to like have muscle growth. It was one of those things where I was like, there's a lot of that science that's going into this yeah. sort of, this sort of body that's unattain, un, unsustainable. I, should I, say. I tell that to people a lot, especially like when I'll do like my uh, social media stuff with the workouts. And yeah. It's going to be like, look, man, just do what you want so you can feel healthy. You're right. not, you're not going to be, a bodybuilder you're not going to be a hemsworth no and those people are doing it it's their career it's, they you make know, like, millions of dollars yeah, doing that yeah. and they've and they've got people feeding them at particular times that's where i fall down oh like, it's so hard is is just you know I, I i don't have somebody coming in and here's your four ounces of chicken do you know what i mean like wouldn't I, that be nice though it is an interesting uh, it's an interesting kind of thing to like, have an alpha to have yeah someone come in and say this is your meal at this particular time because we figured out like your body type needs this particular food wouldn't, wouldn't it be dope to to be able to afford just whatever thing you wanted all the time i think about that kind of a lot yeah. where like you think about like you know millionaires these people that make all this money and it's just like oh like you can just have somebody go get you what whatever yeah, you want whatever at you any want. time yeah. yeah and and you get a sense of it in some stuff i again when i first moved here to la i had a girlfriend who 
worked uh, as an assistant for people or you know like a writing assistant and things like that yeah. and and you did get the sense that uh that uh, uh there is a complete difference in uh, even being able to one person being able to afford enough to eat during yeah. the day doing work for somebody who throws ha- it out who yeah who has no conception at all of what this all means anymore because they've left the earth you know what i mean like Dude, their, their their gravity is different i worked in production and most of my meals were stuff that i ate while i was you know working and i, I would make like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich yeah. or something because i was like i need to eat yeah um jill had a, a boss that uh he would order something and uh he, he would leave half of it she would eat do you know what I mean? Because uh, she couldn't afford to buy anything. You know, yeah, so. right. It is wild. It is wild the the haves and the have nots. It's in, pretty stark here. Yeah. This, yeah, like, and yeah. it was one of those things too, where you're like, and one of the reasons I left production, first off, it wasn't what I came here for. But right. another one, I was like, I can't be a part of this level of disparity that you're either doing incredibly well yeah, 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 or you're starving and they won't give you enough hours to pay your bills because then they would, it would consider you like uh, a full-time employee. It's intense. Like uh, whenever I, I talk to people outside of here, you know, anybody I knew before, everyone has a conception of what happens out here, but it's a very skewed conception. And the uh, everyone has a sense that uh, when you move to Los Angeles, no matter where you are in the chain, you've sort of made it, you know, but you're, <laughs> oh, it's man. really not like the case at the, all. The, the the girl from back home that was like, I'm so jealous of your life. Because <laughs> huge house, yeah, gorgeous yeah. kids, yeah, you know, absolutely, like yeah. a great six figure income in her job. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, if you want a Batman podcast, you can just have one. <laughs> like there's no bar for entry here. And a um, Batman cut? Yeah, I was okay. like, is that what you're jealous of? Because that's not that's not good. Here's some I'm, old detective comics. Anyway, secret history. Uh, oh, of yes. Noir. All right. Wait, so sorry. at any rate, like um, uh, it it changed. Uh, there's even so the sequence that I w- that was going to be the main section where I outlined, you know, how the history uh, came. Uh, Jerry and I started talking about it. And uh, at some point, uh, Jerry just got a little nervous. He was like, well, if the likenesses are like, because I was just going to draw like actual G-men like that existed and the actual things. And he was yeah. like, but this might cause some difficulty with, you know, rights issues and things like that. And mm-hmm. and he probably wasn't wrong. But yeah. but at any rate, well, immediately uh, Brian and Jerry had come up with another concept just to have like a... Um, like another character kind of explain things, you know, out. And then it became like a visual hook that I was able to sort of latch on to. And then, and then even just the sequence where he's fighting a group of, of sort of eighties, um, stereotypical, stereotypical villains. Or villains or whatever, yeah. yeah. And it just became a different book, but I mean, I'll, <laughs> it, I'll, it, I'll tell it, you that the, the preview pages you sent me yeah. are, are wild. They're great. Well, that's the other thing is that, so it is a really crazy book. Like it's, it got out of hand and then pleasantly. So, uh, within no time flat. And then it's rapidly becoming one of my favorite things that I've ever done just because it's so wacky and so strange yeah, and um, uh, so out there. And then the char- main character that we had, uh, it's looking like we can do other things with him. So, for instance, uh, at some point we had him 
he's in the military in the 80s. And I was thinking, well, he's too young. I would have pegged him at like 25 or something like that. He's too young to have really participated in, in any of the wars that had happened mm-hmm. before. So like Vietnam was a big deal. He would have had to have been like Granada. Right. So, yeah. So, but except that like we were like, well, he would have been like eight during Vietnam. And then we were like, that's a great idea. What if he went to Vietnam <laughs> when he was eight? Yeah, he lied, lied about his age. And he was eight. <laughs> and he was eight years old and he goes into Vietnam. That's so yeah. funny. And so after a while, I was like, this is great because you can do all sorts of stuff. There's with that. a lot of funny yeah, well, the, aspects. Yeah, to that too. absolutely. The, like the, having him jacked, but as an eight year old would be so funny. Yeah, yeah. But even in the in the platoon shot where like there's all these guys who are 20 and this eight year old like holding the guns. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just it, it worked out great. That's perfect. as a sequence. So like. This character's kind of developed and and gone further than we kind of expected. So I expect that we'll wind up using him in other things. But uh, but that that's been the the fun aspect of it. And then there's also a time jump too, at the end of the sequence too. I wanted to have like I wanted to have us have a long discussion about what the drug war had wreaked with different people's lives. So at some point they do we do imprison the main character, and then there's a, a like a pretty pretty long sequence where uh you know we have a whole bunch of people in like a group therapy session talking about their lives and how this these particular drug laws had like ruined their their lives so while there's a lot of jokey stuff there's a lot of humor there's a lot of but there we do like to punch in to the gut and that's called uh, good storytelling yeah and it's at the end and then we set up well don't give away too much stuff yeah and then also there's uh there like right now i'm doing like a we did a maze and we did like a, like a fun, you know, like a yeah, Denny's some place word search maze. kind of thing. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. So there's little things like that, that, that is very we can just never get away from. And we had a lot of experience and a lot of positive results from Deadpool and a number of different things that we had done. So we're trying to do more of those yeah. things as well. You're getting the band back together, but you actually own the product. Yeah, we own the product, uh, you know, so it's, it's uh, hopefully it'll succeed. You never know. And then it's a, it's a one shot. It's 40 pages, so it's a bigger than a normal comic. Yeah. And uh, it has a pretty good shelf life. And I think that if anybody wanted to have it around for, uh, you know, future 420s and stuff like that, you could do yeah. that. Well, I mean, it does come so, out. So it comes out April 20th. And yeah, it comes so, out April 20th. So definitely hit up your local comic shops. Your, who's your publisher? Uh, publisher is going to be through Image. Yeah, so it's so. Image Comics, So which means the odds of it being at the store are a lot higher. But you'll um, want to order it in, ahead of time. But yes. So that's, that's the key for these sort of things. Uh is that your store owner will have uh, the ability to do a final order cutoff at the end of March. Yeah. So March 28th or so. So yeah. if you go to them before then say, hey, I would love to pick up this comic. It seems uh, it's by the people who have done Deadpool stuff together. Yeah. Brian Posehn is, is actual famous as opposed to comic book famous. You know, like there there's, uh, there's certain things that you can sort of do in life. And uh, Brian is... I, yeah, I like that you're... Them, so that you're like trying to explain how to tell people how to get this book when in reality <laughs> just be like just go get the book it's just go get the book the yeah, secret history of the true. war on weed um i've seen some of the pages from it they're yeah. fantastic they are they're bananas good. i worked hard um well yeah. they chose yeah i it's funny too because i don't i don't know how often it is that you would share preview pages of anything that you're working on with other people for some reason i get that from several people will oh, really? send me stuff and be like what do you think and yeah. it's it's there's three people okay 
that will send me stuff uh, often. Now you are one of them. Oh, okay. uh, Phil Jimenez. Phil. Oh, well, uh, those are good pages. To when, get. when he was working on the Historia. Yeah, beautiful. I just uh, took a look at it recently. Oh, it's, it's gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah. He's, he would send me like every every week. He'd be like, here's what I've been working on. Yeah. And I'd be like, Jesus, man, these are incredible. Hurry the f*** up. Because that book <laughs> took forever to come out. It did take that, forever to come out. That book took yeah. so long to come out that I was talking with Ed Brubaker at a party at Comic-Con. Yeah. And he had found out somebody had mentioned Phil. And I was like, oh, he's a good friend of mine. And uh, he goes, oh, he is? Can you tell him to hurry up on that book? Because I cannot <laughs> wait for it. So I texted him. I was like, hey, Ed Brubaker really wants to read the story. You got to yeah, hurry yeah. up. Well, um, Phil, Phil is, is a great artist. I think he's really like taken off. I, I knew him in college. Uh, yeah, you guys went to school. Yeah, right? we went to school together. Uh, so we're contemporaries in a, in a strange sense. Yeah. But Phil is much more accomplished, I think, as far as... Uh, uh, Phil is a perfectionist. Yeah. And I don't know how he has the time. Well, it's funny because when I did the when because we do the Jeff has cool friends the visual, uh -huh. and he sent me this photo, and it's just him smiling, and you can see his shoulders. <laughs> and I looked at him, and I was like, "Yeah." And as soon as I posted that, yeah, I think it was Christos Gage was just like, "What is Phil doing?" Yeah, he's exercising. Like he is yeah. just he's. But he's more than just exercising. He's massive. Like he's he's he looks like one of these guys you drew. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, he does. He's nowadays. just so powerful. Yeah. Well, he 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 was very he was very uh, small uh, when I knew him back in college. I mean, like yeah, not, he was much skinnier. He, back yeah, in he was yeah. skinnier, so he had that going for him. Him but, and Capullo, uh, they just yeah. jacked up in the, in yeah. the second well, part of their careers. Well, it's possible to yeah. do if you're if you switch your focus around. Yeah, or something like that. I guess I don't know. I don't know. And the, the other one, uh, Mike Mayhew. Really? Yeah. Oh, he'll, he'll send me a lot of stuff. Work. Yeah. 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 Oh, he's, great. he's, I worked for him during the pandemic. I, I, I helped, uh, cause I had time Yeah. and he would just have me come to his studio and mail out. And then he would pull me in and be like, what do you think about this? What is if he, I put it here? Does he here? live somewhere close by? Well, he has a studio out in Glendale. Oh, no kidding. Uh, and, and just, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if there are any other, comic artists that have a better business sense really than mike mayhew i think you know obviously todd and, and whatever but you know in the post boom where yeah. you know you're not making millions upon millions sure. on a comic book and stuff like that it's very rare it is um that dude has perfected the way of of maintaining the integrity of his art mm -hmm. and and doing it the way he wants and having fun with it while also knowing how to work business so well it well, blew my mind are there any what sort of specifics uh, like uh, of like having his his own store and yeah. like the way he would run it the way he would do these releases he ended up create he was like yeah i was doing these and then i found out that like i could do homage covers to my favorite covers growing up oh but do them in my style so he would do you know, like maybe like a Venom cover in the style of McFarlane's Spider-Man number one, uh -huh. but with, you know, in the pose style and the homage style, but still with the Mayhew, you know, the, the, the high end. Well, that's a really like clever that. idea. I like that quite a bit. And he's just nailed. He did one that was like a Moon Knight cover and it was uh, based off of the Stephen Platt Moon Knight number 55 cover where it's like the bullets are shredding the costume and everything. I think that's the one I worked on. Yeah. yeah. And that's a good book to work on. It was. Uh, 
and and he's just like, yeah, I just I love it, and so I I want to draw these things I love, yeah, but in my style instead of copying something, I I, I take the 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 spiritual identity of That's it. That's really neat. I like that idea a lot. Did, there's one I have like a War of the Bounty Hunters that he did, but okay. it's it's Boba Fett as Cable from the cover <laughs> of. New Mutants 87. Sure. So it's just Boba Fett, but he's in that, like, he's holding the gun and he's yeah. doing the thing with, like, the different bounty hunters in the crosshairs. Oh, nice. From okay, that. great. Yeah. It's just so cool. That's awesome. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 getting those texts kind of often, I, it started me to realize, like, oh, do you guys, like, do you hit people up for, like, what do you think about this? Like, is, does this look good to you? Do you, do you, do you do that often or do you trust mm, yourself more? No. So I always feel like I'm imposing on everybody. Like if I send things over, even like it's a, it's an odd kind of, uh, it's kind of like uh, one part going like, I'm pleased to have seen that this drawing did well. Like I yeah. was a, like I, when I started it, I was a little like, uh, when I was done with it, I'm like, Oh, this is nice, yeah. you know, like, and you kind of just want to show it to people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, um, you're proud of something. Yeah, it's that like you, you did, put it on you the know? fridge. Yeah, you put yeah. it on the fridge. That's yeah. a great way to explain it. So it, it's a little bit along those lines. There are guys uh, I know that have like um, little groups that they send stuff around mm. in, um, but I've never really done that. So yeah, I would do that on occasion. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's a nice feeling to have uh, something that you're proud of. Yeah. Um, uh, before that feeling like a week later where you're like, nah. there, there, it's funny because <laughs> sometimes people will send me stuff and I've, I think I've learned at this point in time that people are asking like, does this read to you yeah. properly? And there have been a couple times where I'm like, this part is unclear. Oh, interesting. And then yeah, they're sure. like, I'm like, it's cool. Yeah. And it yeah. looks great. It's definitely an unclear thing that I'm looking at right yeah. there. And they're like, I hadn't thought about that. And then they'll tweak it, send it back. And I'll be like, I totally, I yeah. get that now. I strive for clarity. I really do. Like you that's kind of that. Yeah, you do. And you don't, I, I think that, uh, it's <laughs> kind of, uh, I think that there is an aspect of not being clear that makes people really latch on to your work and then never let it go in their imaginations. There are certain aspects of ambiguity yeah. that are important. Like but I, when it's not your thing yeah. and it happens to be more of an accident well, of when ambiguity. It's an accident. Yeah. But even then, I kind of look at movies. There's a lot of movies. It took me a long time to realize there's a lot of movies out there that I am not seeing the whole thing thought process yeah like they had thought out a movie that wound up being two hours long and it needed to be 90 minutes mm -hmm. so they take out half an hour's worth of explanation and then you're kind of stuck not knowing how they got exactly from the first act to the third yeah but what winds up happening in a situation like that if the movie is clever enough or engaging enough people like sit there at the end of the movie and they can't quite piece together everything yeah and they take it upon themselves to piece the rest of it with their friends where they talk about it endlessly like and they go like oh you know like why did this happen why didn't that happen and you know they can't let it go you know what uh we're gonna talk about that in the in the bonus chunk oh, okay. of, the, of the episode because there's <laughs> there's a movie a very very famous and loved beloved movie yeah. that i have that uh i have a 
concerns about, and we're going to talk. It's it, it actually is going to tie into oh, part okay. of that okay. thing yeah. that I had planned. But that being said, uh, everybody hit up your local comic shop, give them a call. Yeah, uh, and if you need to, you can, I believe there's um, comicshoplocator.com. There is. You can check that out. Uh, you can literally message me on social media for all I care and yeah. ask me what your local comic shop is and i'll give you a suggestion yeah and uh yeah uh, pick up the comic uh enjoy it like yeah. uh, the whole point is and enjoy it it's a it's a not a really high price actually i think it's like five six oh, it's bucks a good deal for, for for 40, 40 pages book, yeah. amazing so like yeah, yeah. and that and that is going to be um prestige format or is it going to be floppy uh, it's a floppy. Yeah, it'll have okay. staples in it. Cool, cool. We didn't scrimp on the staples. No, I like that. Well, I, I prefer that to be honest. Like, I, I don't too, like the prestige yeah. format sometimes. Yeah. Well, like, you mean the perfect binding? Yeah, the, 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 yeah. I think that's what they call them, right? The PF, the prestige format. It's the it doesn't have staples in it. It's got like yeah, it's almost like a book. They used to call it perfect binding. I don't really know why they they call it prestige, but uh, just because it's a great word. I, I feel like the name prestige format is we made a comic book, right? But it's it's sort of like when they called trade. They changed trade paperbacks to being called graphic novels because that made it seem like it belonged on the New York Times. It list. did well. Will Eisner used to tell me like he 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 claims that he kind of came up with the name for it, and I, I don't I, think he's wrong. Well, he was really good at business stuff. I'll yeah. tell you, yeah. So, but yeah, he he was doing it so, so he could sell it in bookstores. Yeah. yeah, and he's not wrong about that too. No. But then at the same time. I'll see people that'll go into they'll they'll grab like a trade paperback and they'll call it a graphic novel and I'm like well in my head a graphic novel is created and published in the specific graphic novel and it's got format like one story whereas a trade paperback is a collection of comics that have existed previously ah uh, but i used to have that idea until movies and then nowadays with all the marvel movies it's almost like one story within a larger story so you can't even say like a movie is one. one well, thing yeah, but longer. I mean, trade paperbacks are are They're chapters like, of a large story, of a, a huge story, story, but they are self-contained stories as well, oftentimes. But too. They, sometimes they don't have a beginning, middle, and end. Like a like I, I kind of agree with you that a graphic novel, if it's just a one-shot thing, should have a beginning, middle, and end. I'm, know, like, I know that you're a comics professional. Yes. And so me arguing with you about something that you just I, said, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem fair because you know more about this than me. But I think every trade paperback I've seen where they've spent the money to publish it mm -hmm. uh, has had at least a beginning, even if it's the middle of a larger story. Interesting. I've always seen that it sets up. And I mean, if you read anything like I think Dan Slott did a real does a really good job of that Dan's to fantastic, yeah. to to set up that he's because he's telling sprawling, you know, 27 issue storylines sometimes and but every every volume starts out in a way that you are given the information before to to continue that if you picked up a volume three mm. you're not going to be a hundred percent confused it, right it's a much yeah, more yeah. reader friendly format i guess that's that's true yeah um scott uh, we want to find you on instagram at scott koblish s-c-o-t-t K-O-B-L-I-S-H. Mm -hmm. I'm going to assume that's the best form of yeah, social Instagram media to follow is you. Yeah, Absolutely. Because yeah, uh, you yeah. draw pictures. I draw pictures there. If you have any questions, you can always ask me uh, questions there. Do you, um, are you going to be doing any conventions anytime soon or are you still a little bit nervous about it? No, I did uh, Baltimore and uh, 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 there was a couple other conventions I did in between. I, I'm doing one in Washington State. Oh, cool. Up in, uh, I never know how to pronounce it, Spokane or Spokane. Spokane. I Cocaine, yeah. and um, that is in uh, early June. Nice. So, and then um, uh, I haven't, I haven't 
dedicated myself to anything else yeah. yet. But uh, I'll be at Motor City. You should go oh wow! Yeah. When is that one? It's the beginning of or the middle of May. Oh, I want to say I would love to go to Detroit. I've, really I've never been to Detroit. So. Do you know Bob Shaw? He no. ran like um, he ran was one of the guys that ran Boston Comic Con back in the day. Oh, okay. No, before it was I Fan don't. Expo and, and everything, and he does a lot of those. And I think he's he's like the guy. Oh, great! He's awesome. He's he's a he's a, t- a manager for, for he's an art, an art rep. Oh, uh, he, he reps like um, Chardon Gordon Murphy and, great. and stuff like that. And he uh, also like uh, operates a comic book shop in New Hampshire. <laughs> and he That's ran awesome. uh and he helps run conventions oh fantastic let me tell you when the the pandemic hit mm-hmm. he was the guest i begged sideshow yeah. to let me put him on and wow. they were like who yeah and, and i was like, like you don't, you understand. don't understand. understand yeah i was like this guy is exactly who you want to talk to when yeah. you want to talk about the future of comics because he's seeing it from four different angles. That's amazing, yeah. You know, from a shop owner's perspective, from an art rep's perspective, from a convention runner's perspective, and as a fan. Yeah. Like, he has, he's he's rooted in all four of those things. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, I like to hear that. That's just an, Yeah, that was a, an incredible uh, interview. One of my favorite episodes. Yeah, Bob um, To have. Right. He's great. That's yeah, Motor City is fun. Huh. That was where... Funny story, because uh, I didn't say it out loud, but that's where the meatloaf thing oh, happened. Yes, and who he's passed away. He like, did, and I'm, I, I felt really bad, but also he—I don't know if you, you had seen, but he kind of told me to go f- myself. Yeah, that's what you said when, and I was like, I don't think the meatloaf thing is going to happen. Yeah, because I had given you, I had given you instructions. I you was were like, like if, Jill is a huge meatloaf fan. Yeah um if i uh, if i had known he was gonna die yeah i would have tried a little i would have i would have you know you know what this is gonna sound awful i would have been more persistent (laughs) and less of a you clearly hate me but i'm going to do that but like right this man clearly had a terrible taste in his mouth that i existed yeah it seemed like and i was like well, I mean, had you done something to piss him off or it was just you were I was existing go- in his way? I was like, going to host a panel. Yeah. And he didn't, he was like offended that they thought he needed that. And he totally did. Yeah. Like, so he just sort of sat up there and then was like, I don't know. For like 20, but because look, I'm not going to take anything away from him. the dude's been performing for 50, no, 50 years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And he was like, well, look, you know, I, I've, I've gone on to stage before. And he told me, he's like, I don't even want you to say my name. I don't even want you to introduce me. I just want to come out. He'll just come out. And I was like, that's cool. All right. I was like, and I told him to, I was like, dude, you just gave me an hour off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I still, I still collect a check. It's fine. Um, but when his panel started, there was like maybe 20 people in there. Oh, cause I was on the panel before that. It was an anime panel that was packed to the brim with nerdy kids. Yeah, of course. And like everybody like interactive and they're all doing like whatever the, my hero academia chant was. I loved, I was so useless in that panel, you know, like Detroit smash four voice actors are there, you know, and, uh, and they all know each other and I'm sitting there being like, Oh yeah. Uh, And I felt I felt really bad yeah. because he'd already told me to piss off. Right. And he goes out there and, and it was like rough. And I'm like, yeah, dude, this is why, why you want, you want have, me. Like I yeah. get to be the guy that asks the questions that people might be too afraid to ask. Sure. Because what happens is. Had he is, heard of Bruce Springsteen before he dude, started his career? Yeah. <laughs> dude, he like. I, I I didn't because obviously it's going to be that's going to be a bit of a hit. Yeah. But you can at least have fun with it. Absolutely. Um, well, and, sure. 
And there were people like, I did a, a panel with Joey Fatone at the same convention. Yeah. And he had so much fun up there. That's great. Because it was just two dudes talking. And then eventually it's like, oh, now let's talk to you guys. What yeah, do you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah. And that really does make for a really fun panel, especially when it's a smaller room. Right. Because then it's just they're watching a live podcast or something. Yeah, sure. And it's somebody that they genuinely want to hear like certain stories from and are too yeah. afraid to ask or too unsure of the person's uh, career or whatever. And usually a host is going to bring those things out. Yeah. You know, and even I like the ones where like people will talk about things that I haven't heard a million times yeah. before, you know, like I do that. I try to do that a lot. Like, like what happened with bad out of hell three? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I would love to have known a little bit more about that one. Like I, I, you know, they were on the outs with one another at that point. Yeah. So the funny part about it too, is he was the, I had given a list yeah. that I had ranked Oh, really? And of like who I think I would perform best at. And he was my bottom. Oh, okay. Because I was like, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the music. Sure. And I'm, I was very much not a fan of his politics. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I don't, I'll, I'll do it. You know, I said, I'll like, I'll do literally anybody, but this is the list of. Uh, I did of not ranked. know about his politics until he died. And everyone was like, oh, well, yeah, right. that's the reason he died. And you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I had no idea. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, okay. And be able to point to somebody and say, this is their politics, and I understand their politics because they're dead, is yeah. certainly new to me. Like, yeah. I had not run across that, you know. Like, well, it used to be politics was how you lived your life. Now it's how you die. A yeah, lot of I guess so, yeah. Um, well, that being said, I know we're getting super distracted. If you are a member of the Patreon, that's patreon.com slash Jeff May. Stick around because we have a, a nice little bonus content because that's what Yay. we do on, on this. Um, Scott and I are going to keep talking. If you are not a member of the Patreon and you're listening to for free, uh, hey, thank you. I appreciate your ears and your eyes. I would love your money. Uh, head over to patreon.com slash Jeff May. You can check that out. You can also check out my shows, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman on the Gamefully Unemployed Network, as well as Unpopular Opinion and you don't even like sports, a sports podcast for people who don't like sports, both available on the Unpops Network. Scott, is there anything else that we should be on the lookout for? What can we do to support you? Yeah, mostly right now, just pick up that book because the, that will mean if if that book does well, then we can do more things along this line and we can stretch out in those directions. I I want to do some more things with Brian and Jerry as well. So And support creator-owned books. Yeah, absolutely. The, yeah. the money doesn't go to, I mean, you know, of course, Disney and Warner. Great. Uh, but uh, when the money goes directly to the creators, it is a, a superior It experience. helps out. It, it's one of those things where uh, uh, you can follow your own muse. Yeah. And uh, hopefully that connects with people in a way that's not impinged upon by the corporate structure you yeah. know like like not being able to do certain things you know yeah. yeah all right uh so for those of you uh that are patrons stick around we'll see you in a couple of seconds uh scott say bye goodbye everyone goodbye everyone hey everyone our artwork is created by justin t brown who can be found at artness by justin brown on instagram as well as artness by that dope music you heard is by troy nababon available at troy nababon on instagram as well as at troy nababon is spelled n-a-b-a-b-a-n and boy does that shred thank you all so much for listening see you next time